0: welcome to the lonely marketer sponsored by page my name is glenn southam and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing we share the challenges the successes advice and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment and most importantly find out what their favorite swear word is we speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things a little bit differently you can find me on linkedin and if you want to follow the bear and head over to the lonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter but now it's time for the show let's do this hello everyone welcome to episode 102 i believe this is um and i'm joined today by richard turrell he's the marketing director at handle um some people who have been following the Lonely Marketers for a couple of years now may have seen him on one of the recruitment marketing webinars that we did back in the, you know, the height of lockdown when we were locked in our rooms, but we never kind of sat down and did a proper episode. And, um, and Richard's nearly been around the industry as long as me so there's um there's a lot to dig into here um and it's going to be a little bit different in terms of um what Richard's been doing at Handle so we'll dig into that but but firstly welcome to the show Richard. Hi Glenn great to be here officially this time I think when we spoke in the summer or one
1: of the lockdowns whichever one it was do you remember? Yeah, v- version one, I think it was. <laughs> I was that guinea pig as you were trialling those live ventures. Yeah, good to have yeah, a proper conversation.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, in in better circumstances, obviously as well, in terms of where the I, I was going to say where the world's at. We are recording in the middle of obviously a uh, Ukrainian invasion, so not not everywhere, but generally pandemic speaking, We're we're in a we're in a better place. Um, before before we start, and for for those who kind of. Um, you know don't know who you are and i mentioned you've got a, a long career in our world of recruitment marketing in you know if you can condense it into you know a couple of minutes uh, just a little bit of um background on on your career of course
1: so i'm about to get my 10 years in recruitment marketing badge i don't know who issues these to us but it feels like it's well deserved <laughs> um before that i was marketing agency side so working purely with tech businesses before joining the 510 Group, where I was Group Head of Digital, working across loads of different countries, loads of different brands. I then joined, I just want to say about seven years ago, a a business called Stanton House. I went in Head of Marketing, helped that business as it scaled up rapidly and opened up into different countries and territories. And then a couple of years ago, maybe two months before we hit our first lockdown, I joined Handle handle an amazing business so it's a real heritage brand launched in the late 1970s. But at the same time, it's just this really fast paced entrepreneurial environment as well. And what's really cool about it is that our founder, Stella, who's, I guess I can say her age, she's going to be 80 in a few weeks time. She's still in the office a few times a week and she 100% keeps me on my toes and is kind of like the life and soul of our business. Yeah. So I guess it's what do we actually do? Well, our clients, they range from record labels, entertainment companies, social networks, global media, sport, retailers, basically all of the companies that people want to work for. And they're, they're the sexy brands is the best way to describe it. And then each of our consultants, they focus on An individual specialism, and that's across temp, permanent, interim, and it might be finance, sales, marketing, HR, legal, office, or tech, and everything that ties them together. As I mentioned before, are just those industries they
0: support. Yeah.
1: The other thing we, I I think, what
0: I was was going to say is you, you were talking about a heritage brand, and sometimes when you know when you say those kind of words, people automatically think you know traditional. Maybe play it safe. You know they might, they might, people might be listening and coming up with what your logo looks like and what your <laughs> tone of voice looks like. But I really urge anyone listening is go and check out the handle Brad. You'll see that with all the sectors that that Richard just mentioned, there is that you've you've managed to keep pace and reflect very much the sectors and the industries that you operate in, haven't you? Absolutely. And that's where that biggest challenge is,
1: because it would be a lot easier if the business stayed traditional, but it would have lost pace with those really cool brands Mm -hmm. that you're working alongside. And even thinking last year, some of the employer branding work we were doing and advertising campaigns were just amazing because our clients trust us to be contemporary and to really understand what we can do and how we can push things. And I think one of my best campaigns last year was having abba voyage so Mm -hmm. to have abba trust you with their brands to go out and create microsites branded adverts branded campaigns it's just amazing that these really cool businesses do have that level of trust in what you do
0: i I, I want to dig into um kind of what role marketing plays at handle because i think you know again some people have a traditional way of how marketing works in recruitment a lot of the time but um, you know, I, I know I know you personally, and we, we've had conversations, kind of uh, away from the microphone, if you like, in the past. Um, but your role as a marketing director at Handle is very different from what people might expect. So just, just maybe just you know spend a couple of minutes in terms of you know what you do, what you're responsible for, and maybe how you're trying to slightly you know move the dial in terms of the role marketing plays in in a recruitment business
1: absolutely so one of the things that is in my role and everyone's role here there is that business as usual stuff that we have to do so we need to make sure that we've got a really strong brand we're engaging as many candidates as possible and we're raising the awareness with the clients that's obvious that just happens most of that is through loads of insightful content it's about loads of um, social noise and social engagement, and it's working with our consultants so they can have really good conversations with the people they want to speak to. But in my heart, I, kind of, I think someone described me before as the most commercial marketer they've ever worked with. I quite like that because everything that I do and the marketing functions there to do is to grow our business to generate new clients, and not to just be the reactive, can you do this, can you do that? It's about looking at where those future opportunities are. So, again, that could be from the BD perspective. It could be looking at the products that we currently offer. It could be down to um, pricing and how we package those mm. things up. So The forgotten P of marketing, <laughs> I think, sometimes. <laughs> uh. Oh, that's, that's the one thing I love when... <laughs> And I've been in other roles before where marketing will typically be brought into a new business process when they need to—horrible words—make a presentation look pretty yeah. or create the a promo- pitch. The doc. promotion, P. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas for me, what I love doing is actually getting to that point and having the conversation. Around, so, what solution are we going to pitch in? At what price point are we going to do this? What's the bigger opportunity for? not just us but
0: for the clients as well so was there a this- point in your career that, that 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 changed because obviously you mentioned you know you did a, a snapshot of your career and you were you know hugely focused on the on the on the digital side back in the day has that always been there that commercial thing or or was there a point a moment in time where your your mind shifted with something like that I think it's been bred into me that I'm
1: the black sheep in the family because I'm the only person that's ever had a boss. So everybody in my family has their own business. Exactly. And the fact that I'm on a payroll is unbelievable. So I've always been surrounded by proper entrepreneurialism. Mm. And I think whilst most kids, when they're kind of 12 or 13 years old, as uh, they sat watching TV with their parents, I'm sat down looking at balance sheets kind of seeing what's happening with the business. And that was probably not the best age to be aware of that sort of stuff. But that's just always been in the back of my head that even if you're doing something like marketing, how can you monetize and grow what you're doing rather than it just being a reactive solution, so to speak? And I think lots of marketing teams get stuck in that situation where you have the fee earners in recruitment businesses, you've got the rock stars, and then you've got the back office or middle office, or the worst description, the non fee earners. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I love is the fact that even if you're a traditional non fee earner, you can actually be a fee earner as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm sure, we'll get into it in more detail in a little bit, but that's what yeah. the latest. Um, opportunities that I'm pushing forward is essentially building a talent accelerator Mm -hmm. that combines all of the expertise of everyone in the back office and middle office to go and support companies rather than just supporting the business that sat in front of you.
0: Yeah. How do you, you know, you're, you're obviously working or, or at least the, the businesses that, that handle works with is, you know, hugely creative cutting edge, in terms of you know the way they approach marketing themselves how do you balance that creativity and commerciality kind of yourself with with stuff that with stuff that you're doing because you naturally have to be very creative to align yourself with your clients whilst keeping the eye on those those commercial elements what's your what's your kind of approach there um most Fed is having people around you that are
1: massively demanding So you want people, and that's why even going back to Stella is a great example of that. If you're doing something that is a little bit boring or safe, (laughs) you will be told very, very quickly, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And from the commercial perspective, sometimes people get a bit obsessed by it and just think it's about data, making data-driven decisions or making Mm -hmm. really soulless decisions that are there just to make money. But the commerciality for me, especially within this business, is you have to keep the brand and soul at the center. And then it's how
0: you make money with that as your foundations. So it's having that, it's effectively having that purpose, if if, if you like, is like, we need to be famous for X, Y, and Z. That's the main thing. And then, you know, everything else around it kind of is a byproduct. Yeah, that's it. And especially with Handle being a heritage
1: brand as well, it's been building up that reputation for 40 years and yeah. you've almost got the luxury of that background where you can take a few more risks and you can try pushing in different directions because for the last 40 years before I joined, everyone else has done the hard work before you mm. and now you're just coming in and layering on top.
0: Was, was there a marketing function before you?
1: Um, there has been and yeah. I think it's been a few people previously mm. to myself Maybe not to the same level experience I've got, but yeah, there was a very good market. So it's probably function. a little
0: bit more reactive, and you know, and like say, you've got you've got owners and, and leadership there in the business that that was able to obviously articulate that vision, and people saw it. But without blowing too much smoke um, up, you, uh, Richard, you. You're obviously trying to take marketing in a little bit of a different direction and actually have marketing's purpose within um, Handle, uh, you know, have, have its own purpose, really, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the best thing to, dis- um, to
1: explain to start with is the marketers that were at Handle before, going back to that kind of 40-year description, they're the ones that did all of that hard work. So they did all of that brand building, which then meant – I could come and join the business and then look at what I could do on top of it. Whereas I know a lot of people listening as well would have joined recruitment businesses and would have been that first marketer. Mm. I've been there myself as well. And that is such a slog because you have to do so much. And it's almost like the first two years of your job are just doing the basics and laying the foundations. Mm. And for a lot of people, they're then looking to move at that point. So I'm in this situation now where the kind of day-to-day stuff just happens. It's all built up. There's incredible people in our business that are just doing a great job. And it kind of came to me last year when having done some more kind of branded advertising campaigns, there was an opportunity to build a talent accelerator with marketing at the center of that. And that, um, to explain what a talent accelerator is, as a marketing person you're often asked to do something that supplements a live job you're working so it could be about creating a branded advert it could be about a candidate brief impact or your hr director might be pulled in to give some advice on a contract the ops director might be pulled in to offer some guidance on a contract negotiation Mm. but everything is always reliant on there being a live job and all of these traditional non-fee earners are just supporting that so, myself and a couple of others in the business just thought, what could we actually do to create a product offering that we can go out to companies as well as our existing clients to support them with their entire mm-hmm. employee lifecycle rather than just the recruitment piece in the middle that we just get bolted onto? In reality, we got loads of experience. We just want to share that experience with people and monetize it at the same way. So in essence, this talent accelerator we've built, we support high growth and scale-up businesses that are struggling to fulfill their potential because they can't hire enough great people. What we do is we audit the entire employee journey and we look at the life cycle from their initial strategy um, up to employer branding, selection, and interview, onboarding, and retention. And then we will pitch back to them a personalized talent accelerator program that we will guide them through so they can start building their own internal talent solution to be hiring the right people. In the perfect world, that is supplemented by our traditional recruitment offering as well. So we will still recruit the jobs that they would struggle to do in-house, but we would very much provide all of the tools, training, expertise, branding, and resourcing they need from, as I mentioned, strategy, all the way through to retention. The Lonely Marketer is sponsored by Pager. Pager builds your brand, not just your company, but your recruiter's personal brands too. Pager is used by over 4,000 recruiters every day to share content on LinkedIn and branded jobs. Driving traffic back to your website and plugging straight into Google Analytics, The all-in-one tool that 360 recruiters love and marketers need. To find out why we won Recruit Marketing Solution of the Year twice in a row, head over to pager.co. That's P-A-I-G-E-R dot C-O to find out more.
0: This is... um... This is a current bugbear of mine, not, <laughs> not your solutions and the talent accelerator you're describing at the moment. Um, but, but generally in the market, I'm seeing more and more recruitment businesses, you know, at, at least pushing out their solutions, um, mm. their products, if you like, the productization of recruitment and all this stuff. When you dig into a lot of this um, a little bit deeper, it seems to just be recruitment <laughs> given a different name, yeah. um, a, a lot of the time, and I, I think you know what what you're doing at handle, you know, when you group your team, and you know, I'm I'm sure it's kind of like a joint leadership thing, potentially with you driving it, is that it's such a big opportunity for marketing to to change that narrative, like you said, the non fee earners, support staff, all that, is that you can literally be a revenue generator but you need to be in the conversation from day one of this being an idea it can't be an idea that's being had uh, at whatever level as a nice to have and like you say marketing's coming in at the last minute to to brand this solution that doesn't add value um but i think it's a you know it's a huge opportunity for marketing to be involved because then you end up being a Effectively, you you mentioned some of the solutions there, employer branding, etc., etc., and attraction techniques. Is you end up start building a, a marketing agency in house for your clients? That, that's kind of the ultimate goal, there, isn't it? That's it, and that's where my background is as well. Because
1: yeah. said so did five years marketing agency side, and then I remember even when I joined Five Ten Group, that was under the premise all those years ago. I remember Adam said to me he was trying to create a marketing agency. Within the business,
0: and that's uh, for for the purpose of people listening. That's Adam Nickel, who's the current um, marketing director at Randstad. Absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. he brought dragged a few of us into the industry
1: in one mm-hmm. way or another. Yeah. But and that's always been in my mind. So, however you build your team and work out what the value is, I always treat a marketing function as a marketing agency, but an in-house agency. The problem with that is you only have one client. So if you can then roll that out in a better way to get external clients as well, you suddenly are revenue generating, is also a way to keep people interested as well, because the length of a typical recruiter, a typical marketer within a recruitment agency isn't actually that long. Whereas if you can build a product offering where they can then be working with all sorts of other companies and get in additional experience and knowledge, then
0: that should extend their length with the 100%. business as well. Hundred percent, yeah, completely agree. And it, it, you know, you, you said it's kind of launched and it's out there. Is it is it doing well? Recently launched, so launched just before Christmas. Onboarded
1: my first client, oh, and excellent. to show marketing-led approach all of the way. But um, the client actually came off the back of a presentation I gave to a closed HR community group as well. Okay. So that's how you want to pick up work as a marketer, mm. and yeah, that first product uh, project is very, about to be put to bed. Been a massive success, and now we're just
0: and looking. You, at, use that, create that as the case study, and it hopefully yeah. snowballs. Uh, fingers crossed. We have to Absolutely. keep an eye on it. Um, just, just generally, you know, I, I want to for for the purposes of people listening, I, you know, people who have, who have um, been around a, a, a while in the recruitment marketing world, I like to dive into some of their experiences in terms of the changes they've seen in the past and what they expect, um, they expect moving forward. What, what do you think on the, you know, on the horizon in terms of opportunities or potentially threats and things in the, in the world of, you know, marketing within recruitment, what's your take on things at the moment? Um, it's quite interesting
1: because you see so many different cycles and I think even in the last 10 years I've seen, the same conversations happen a lot of the times we all know that recruitment agencies have died at least eight times yeah. in my time in this industry
0: linkedin's killed
1: them a few times hasn't it yeah well I'm, I'm sure there's still conversations where people still believe that as well maybe indeed at one point had a chance <laughs> of killing the industry yeah but the big thing for me is now's the opportunities for recruitment agencies to really be consultative I know we've been banging this drum for so many years and it sounds really twee and boring, but we have some really smart people in the industry and we just need to be working with in-house teams, working with um, HR teams rather than working against them. And the big trend at the moment is obviously a candidate shortage. (laughs) I've not spoken to a recruiter that hasn't said they've got a candidate shortage at all. But what's going to happen beyond that? So we can't keep saying there's a candidate shortage. It's just the reality is this is how many candidates there are. This is how many jobs there are. We, We need to kind of get over that. I know that's a really difficult mindset shift to have because the reality is there are less available candidates than there were three years ago. But this is the world we're in now. So what we need to do is how can we build better relationships with those candidates? How can we make them more loyal to us? And then how can we build better trust with our clients so they know that they can really trust us to do recruitment? And then going back into things like the talent accelerator model, what's the other solutions that we can offer that are really useful and will really transform their business?
0: And I think marketing needs to take... Uh, the lead on on that because if, if we're being completely honest with ourselves um, you know a lot of consultants and the sales businesses is they're in it a little bit for themselves and you mentioned by the beginning they work on live roles etc cetera, etc cetera, is that Well, take the opportunity marketing, you know, use the technology that's available, use the content that you create, use the people in your business in terms of being able to tell the story. And then you can be the department that creates that engagement, creates that loyalty, creates that trust, and then building on the solutions that you spoke about. Is that, you know, I don't think there's a better opportunity to move marketing from the back office to kind of front front and center in terms of that, that exposure and that contribution, like you say, ultimately to the bottom line.
1: Absolutely. And you've kind of hit on the head a couple of times so far. The big thing is everything is driven through a sales mindset mm. rather than be it a marketing or back office mindset. Yeah. Without any data, this is a massive assumption. If you look at the average tenure of back office staff to fee earning staff, within a recruitment business, the back office staff are typically there a lot longer than the fee earners. Mm. So if you're looking at long-term strategic plans and what you should be doing and building really strong propositions, then that does need to be driven from the back office alongside the fee earning community rather than the other way around, because it's a very different lens that you're looking at things through around, it's not just about what do we do for this quarter It's about what are we doing for the next two to three years. And if you're working together, you can build some really big, cool solutions. And I'll probably get some hate for this, but it does feel like all of the, this is what recruitment agencies should be doing is always driven by that MD or CEO or consultant or advisor that has been in the industry for 500 years and are telling people what they should be doing. Yeah, And no. I think there's other voices now that should be listened to that are probably closer
0: to the action as well. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, you know, as, as everyone is listening is aware, well, I always like to end the show with kind of five, five, five questions to get to, <laughs> to get to know the guests uh, that little bit better. So let's let's kind of dive into them. Um, what's your favorite brand?
1: See, I'm a real snob when it comes to brand marketing, because I can't enjoy good brand marketing because i'm analyzing why (laughs) i like it but the one brand i don't understand why i love them so much has to be converse oh interesting we all know that when you buy a pair of converse they are the most painful shoes you could ever buy in the world they're going to give you blisters and make you bleed for the first two weeks yeah why do i keep going to that brand and buying from them i cannot continue
0: wearing them even when they're dirty filthy yeah
1: Yep. Yeah, so that to me, that there is this almost superpower that Converse have. You don't worry about the collaborations. Maybe it's what they've always done in the music industry.
0: Yeah. But they do very little marketing, really, yeah. do you? You don't see Converse adverts a huge amount or anything like that. No, but mm. there's just something very subtle about it
1: that as a brand, it sticks with me. Probably the complete opposite of if we're looking up my worst brand at the moment. Nice little bonus to, question. Like we're going to throw this one in. It has to, I hope that we don't get them on as a client or we're going to have to edit this out, but cinch.
0: Okay. Have
1: you heard the adverts where they've tried to turn cinch into the equivalent of a Google where they will say they absolutely
0: cinched that?
1: Oh, oh it was so, and it's just this real
0: forced brand marketing that that happens that just happens you can't force something like that can you oh Oh, god well let's let's get well hopefully between us recording me editing and publishing (laughs) they they don't become a client because i'm not a huge fan of editing i must i must say (laughs) um so yeah cool uh favorite sound
1: right this is an in-between sound i think this is messing with a format it's the bit between this It's a terrible description. It's the sound of anticipation and then silence. So it's a little bit when you're at a gig, you know, you have that just noise before the band come on stage and it peaks. And then as soon as the band come on stage, there's applause and silence. Yeah, even if it's for
0: a tiny little... Yeah, really small bit. Same happens
1: when you're at football. You'll be in the bowels of the stadium. You just finish your pint. There'll be 20,000 people in a room the yeah. size of your bedroom, and then you walk
0: out to your seat, yeah. and it suddenly or just silenced. before like a penalty is taken before yep. it either gets saved and hits the back of it. Love it. That's it. Yeah. There'll be people trying to work that out now, and they're, they're, people will be really noticing it. I think <laughs> at certain points throughout their day, yeah. So um, the sound of anticipation, if that's a thing, yeah. Um, you know, dream job. I don't know, dream job when you're a kid, or, or or even or even now, if you, you know, if anything, you could do anything in the world. Didn't have any of those responsibilities. Money didn't matter, and things. Our oh, dream job, but I still back myself for this. It's football club owner. Owner, yeah, owner. So uh, I'm kind
1: of thinking you, you like, might might be looking at Chelsea at the moment. <laughs> maybe a bit pricey for me. Three <laughs> three billion pounds is outside that price range. Although, <laughs> if any consultants have had a really
0: good quarter, let's get that consortium going. <laughs> you never know. Uh, what about you know you, you you like you like your tech? You live in the digital world, and you know you work you work in it. What what couldn't you live without? Um, personally this sounds basic it's
1: wireless headphones okay I think yeah. that commute to work every day I'm obsessed with learning about things that I know a little bit about mm-hmm. and that's quite a niche description as well but this week I've listened to podcast documentaries about the collapse of bearings bank a documentary about the sex pistols and the history of the Macarena as well that was oh, wow. a bonus one oh, wow. but, so it's anything that like i say you know that little bit about yeah but there's an opportunity to find out a load go, of, use go of down the information. rabbit information yeah absolutely
0: yeah. it's and, quite a painful answer for me that one as, as someone in the past couple of weeks who has lost his airpods and whenever i go on <laughs> find my iphone on on my phone i just it's still there like last location it's actually near near where the handle office is it's on dean street in soho and i'm just like yeah, they've, they've got- oh yeah,
1: the new AirPods I've been listening to on the way to work are incredible.
0: <laughs> there, there we go. And <laughs> always, always good question. And obviously, we swear we swear a lot in marketing roles as well as within recruitment. What is your favourite swear word? Um, I want to explain it to start with, my, okay. because we've
1: been in lockdown for however many times over the last two years, and I've spent so much time at home. My life feels like it's had the Netflix age filter on it got for about sure. two years now. So. I've actually had to create my own swear words. Excellent. But based on celebrity names. Go so I will go for one, and you'll just know what I mean. I'll be at my desk, and go, Danny Dyer. Uh,
0: okay, there we go. I, and, you, I
1: love it. and you start, you know, you don't even need to explain. You just kind of get that feeling. Although, yeah if we're going old school "fuckwit" wit is a great word
0: yeah it's yeah it is good i think we all know uh plenty of those and like always it's the best way to to end the podcast uh, i think you know i think the approach that you're taking at handle um is is one that you know people should explore more and i know you're very you're very open to, to having these discussions and you know if people want to to hunt you down um they go to the aforementioned linkedin and and hunt out your your profile and i'm sure you'll be willing to to have that conversation but um thanks um thanks so much for joining richard it's been an absolute pleasure glenn and i'll speak to everyone else and very very soon